it. I want, I want to talk this morning, uh, before I read the text, uh, I, I've preached out of this text before, but I feel like the Lord has just wants to remind us that there are places of refuge in the middle of the storm. That God has ordained seasons of refuge. There's danger sometimes in those seasons of refuge. But there's also safety in those seasons of refuge. And I, as we read this text this morning, I want to talk a little bit about that and how to walk through that. One of the huge dangers of, of places of refuge is that we make them long-term habitations. And they're not intended to be long-term habitations. They're intended for a season. God still has a destination. Uh, let me give you that word this morning because there's somebody here who needs to be reminded. The Holy Spirit just prompted me that you're on a destination and don't be distracted by your refuge. Don't, 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 listen, don't think I'm tagging out here, I'm tapping out here. It's for a purpose. But that God, the, the, the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. God hasn't forgotten. He hasn't changed his mind. Uh, he, it's not too late. God still is able. Uh, Acts chapter 28 verse 1. Now when they had escaped, they then found out that the island was called Malta. And the natives showed us unusual kindness. For they kindled a fire and made us all welcome. Because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom, they, whom though he has escaped the sea, yea, justice does not allow to live. But he shook off the creatures into the fire and suffered no harm. However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him. They changed their minds and said that he was a god. In the region, there was an estate of the leading citizens of the island whose name was Puplis, who received us and entertained us courteously for three days. And it happened that the father of Puplis lay sick for a fever and dysentery. Paul went to him and prayed, and he laid his hands on him and healed him. So when the, this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. They also honored us in many ways. And when we departed, they provided such things as were necessary. Father, I thank you, God, that you're never caught off guard by storms. God, that when you formed the world, God, you formed places of refuge. God, that before the storm ever surfaced, God, Malta existed. And Father, this morning, I thank you, Lord, that before the storms of our life come into focus, 
you already have gone before us and prepared places of refreshing and strength. We thank you for that. God, we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to get deep into the history because I've got a few points I want to make about this text, but just to give you a little bit of history, Paul had been arrested. He was had appealed to Rome. His desire was to go to Rome, and uh, he was put on a prison ship, and though he warned the captain that God had showed him that there was danger if he proceeded, the captain, I guess, didn't really want to take advice from a prisoner. So he proceeded anyway. They ran into a, a terrible storm and ended up shipwrecking, uh, purposely running the ship aground uh, to save their life and shipwrecked on this island. And uh, that's where we picked up on the story that they eventually learned that the name of the island was Malta. Keep in mind, God's hand of protection was there all along. In fact, um, the prison guards had prepared to execute all the prisoners so that they didn't escape when they shipwrecked the ship. And uh, because Paul had found favor, they didn't really want to execute him. And so they said to the prisoners, if you can swim, jump in the water and swim to sea. I mean, swim to shore. If you can't, we're going to kill you. And it's surprising how many people learned how to swim that day. <laughs> so uh, they, they, they made it to shore. In fact, no one lost their life to the glory of God. Uh, all the crew, all the prisoners, everybody. The Bible says some hanging on to pieces of the ship. But nevertheless, they all made it into shore. And then they come to this place called Malta. And that's where I want us to pick up this morning because how many of you have found yourself somewhere that you never intended to be? <laughs> you were on a destination. You had a plan. But then all of a sudden you find yourself here and you're not sure exactly how you ended up here. Uh, storms happened. You started the day, and it was a tremendous day. You walked outside, and the sun was bright and shiny, and birds were singing. Several hours later, you're wondering, how did I end up in an intensive care unit with a loved one? Or how did I end up in a juvenile detention center with a child? Or how did I end up fill in the blank? Because it wasn't my destination. It wasn't where I intended. I had this day lined up. I was going to dinner tonight. How many have had those kind of days? Most everyone. Uh, a phone call. And your course immediately changes. Uh, everything turns upside. Well, that's the way it was with Paul. And you wonder, and in a real way... That's where it is with the world. How many thought when we started the year in January 
that the year would look like it looks. <laughs> A storm blew in. A pandemic swept the world. Most of us alive today haven't lived through a real pandemic of this nature. Uh, we've, I, I've never seen anything in my lifetime. I know there's been, there's been pandemics that have happened, but I've never seen anything, and, and I don't know if anybody in this room seen anything in your lifetime like what we're experiencing right now. It's a, it's a different world. It's a storm. But let me give you a word of encouragement. We, we get so upset because the devil, you know, causes these storms in our life and these crises in our life. But can I tell you that what, what, did, the, what did the disciples say when Jesus calmed the wind? They said, what manner of man is this that even the winds obey him? Can I tell you the storm that has driven you where you are is under the control of a God above where you are. And while you didn't plan to be where you are, and I'm not even telling you that God created the storm to drive you, I'm telling you that God directed the storm as it impacted your life. And He had gone before you and created a place of refuge for a season, because the storm didn't catch him off guard. Before the storm ever formed, God already had this little island that he created for such a time as this. Uh, you know, in God's infinite wisdom when he created the world, he knew when he created that little island that one day one of my apostles is going to need this spot for a place of refuge. God, God's ways are greater than our ways. Amen? His thought, and God creates spots and moments for us. And while it looks so happenstantial, while it looks so out of control, I want you to rest assured and be comforted in the reality that God has everything under His control. Let me tell you a little bit further, though, uh, how you respond in Malta, your island of refuge, will affect your destiny. God hadn't given up on Paul's destiny, but how many knows that Paul had some choices to make? We have some choices to make. We have decisions to make. God will do everything you've heard me say it a dozen times or a hundred times, depending on how long you've gone to church here. God will do everything short of violating your free will to bring you to salvation, to bring you to victory. But the one thing God will not do is violate your free will. He'll urge you. <laughs> He'll prompt you. He'll convict you. But you have to at some point, as Joshua looked out over the city and looked out over the people of Israel and declared this great statement, Choose you this day whom you will serve. 
You have a choice. God said, I set before you blessing and cursing. Choose life. We are predestined in that God has already predestined us for victory, but we have to choose to take that pathway. God has already made the pathway. He has already made the way of The Bible tells us that God will not put more, will not tempt us uh, greater than he has already provided a way of escape. God has already, whatever the storm in your life comes, God has already gone before you and provided a route of escape. But we have to take that route. We have to choose God. God has provided a Malta an island of refuge. What do we do when we're there? If we are in a, a place of refuge in the midst of this storm, first of all, let me, let me say this. Don't decide this is just where we're going to abide. I refuse to accept life as it is as the new norm. <laughs> There are those that want you to understand, want you to believe, well, this is just the way it's going to always be. I don't believe it. I don't receive it. I don't like it. I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want to be rebellious, but my goodness, I get so frustrated sometimes. So we, we, we abide, but, and while we're in Malta, we do as the Maltians. <laughs> I don't know if that's what they called them or not, but that's a, what I would call them. So um, they didn't even know the name of the island, so I doubt they knew what to call the people there. <laughs> but but um, while, while we're there, we'll do what we, we we'll live like we have to live, but we need to keep in mind that we still, we've been hijacked for a minute, but we still have a destination. Paul was still going to Rome. He wasn't going to live there, even though they were treating him nice. First of all, he went to work. Can I tell you, we can't stop working. The Bible says it was cold, it was rainy, it was nasty. So he began to gather sticks for the fire. Can I tell you, God is still looking for a people that's willing to work even in seasons of refuge. There's still work to be done. It's, it's odd to me that some people have this impression uh, that, you know, somehow ministry is easier because of the, you know, somehow churches are having to do less work. And, and that's just not the case. I, one, one of the common uh, themes I, I get is pastors that are calling me and they, they say, Pastor, when we can't have service, I just feel so guilty. <laughs> and I said, I know, brother, I get it. Been there. You know, but just pray for your people prepare, preach online, do what you got to do. But, but the work still has to go forward. We can't stop. God still has a plan. So Paul went to work. And can I tell you, when he went to work, it wasn't until he went to work. Had he just gone there and laid down, he wouldn't have been bit by a viper. But it was while he was working, and even not only while he was working, is when he exposed his work to the fire that the viper came out. Can I tell you, when you expose what you're doing to the fire of God, the devil is going to be mad. 
And he is going to latch hold of you. And Paul knew I, I'm still going to Rome, so I don't have time to deal with this viper right now. I've got things to do. I'm just going to shake him off. The next thing we need to understand about Malta is people are watching you. They expect you. The Bible said they expected Paul to swell up and die. Can I tell you, I believe that many in the world today expect the church to fall down and die. And the world is watching. How are they going? I'm going to tell you, as a pastor... And as talking to pastors, many of us have been just reminded of the faithfulness of God and the glory of God that we have survived as well and as strong as we have through the season that we've come. And it's been a reminder that you say, Pastor, look around you. The church needs filling. Oh, the church needs filling. But I'm here to declare this morning, the light bill's been paid. (laughs) The Word of God is still going forth. We're still making plans to disciple. We're still loving people and carrying the Word of God forth. God hasn't quit His job and the church hasn't resigned His position. God is still, yeah, there's work to do. But let's be reminded, can I tell you that when they went ashore, I told you they didn't lose anybody, but they lost a lot of stuff. In fact, they lost everything. Some of you Navy guys might have ever been in storms and ships. And I can, I've not been in the middle of the sea in a big storm. I've been in my little boat in little storms. And there are times it's scary enough. And uh, so I can imagine. And, and, and so they, they lost the ship. They lost the ship. They lost the possessions. They lost everything. But God spared their lives. He spared the souls. And here's where I want you to understand. The church may lose some stuff. But some of the stuff that the church will lose needs to be lost. Some of the baggage that we've loaded over the years needs to wash away (laughs) so that we can stay on course because we've still got to get to Rome. We've still got a destination. How you respond in Malta, and I'll, I'll bring that around in a few minutes, but how you respond in Malta will affect your destination. Then uh, people watched him and then when he did not die they were amazed. In fact they said well maybe you're not a murderer. (laughs) Listen in their defense all they knew is a boatload of prisoners just landed on their island. And this guy just got bit by a snake. Evidently, he's a murderer. Don't be so quick to criticize because you might be the one throwing the stone one day. But be reminded that you ought not throw the stone. Hallelujah. (laughs) Um, 
so, so anyway, uh, he, he, uh, they, they said, well, he's not a murderer. He must be a god. Well, I could go into a whole message of how the enemy will tempt you into believing that you're more than you are. If he can't take you out by killing you, he'll take you out by killing you with pride. <laughs> Maybe Paul, listen, the viper didn't take him out. Maybe this spirit of pride will overtake him. Paul could have decided, yeah, you know, I've been wanting to tell you all about that. I am now the new God of Malta. Build me a temple. Can I tell you, as funny as that sounds, I've known of people with their attitude that would have responded just that way. But Paul used it as a moment to teach. Neither am I a murderer. I'm a lot closer to being a murderer than I am to being a god. Can I tell you that you're a lot closer to being a murderer <laughs> than you are to being a god. But Paul began to teach the word. And then someone was sick, a leader was sick. Can I tell you, God will put you in places of influence to open doors of opportunity. And God took him in. He laid hands on the leader and he was healed. And then the Bible says people lined up and all manner of diseases and were healed. Can I pause and tell you that same snake bit hand God can use <laughs> if you'll shake off the viper. That's why I know, hope your hands are still a little bit oily this morning. That same snake bit hand given to God, can be used to heal. And God began to, and Paul began to lay hands on the sick and, and watch them recover, and, and, and a great miracle happened. And then he, um, he, every tongue that rised against him in judgment, the Bible declares that he will condemn. Then God allowed his journey to continue on to Rome. And because, now he was still a prisoner. So when they get to Rome, they turned all of the prisoners over to the prison in Rome, except Paul. And they kept him with the guards, and he was placed under house arrest and was allowed to have visitors in and out. Because why? Because he was faithful in Malta. God gave him favor in Rome. How you respond in your moments of temptation and trial will impact your effectiveness at your destination. Now we know Paul can be used in any sort of prison. Paul didn't plant the church in Rome. The church already existed. He wasn't the apostle that brought the gospel to Rome, the gospel and the Christianity. In fact, one of the reasons he wanted to visit Rome, and one of the, to me, one of the most powerful books in the Bible is the letter to the church at Rome. We call that Romans. 
But he wanted to go there and, and minister to the people in Rome, and he was giving that opportunity because he was faithful in Malta, but he didn't move to Malta. I, I, listen, we're going to... The, the, the church makes this mistake all of the time, and that's why I'm really praying hard, and I, and I want your prayers. I, I feel like if ever... The steps we take are vital for the future. It's now. I think that we are re-strengthening the foundation because God is going to build something bigger than ever before. And, and I want to be led by the Lord, and I want us as a church to be led by the Lord, because I feel like how we respond now will affect our destiny a year from now. Five years from now, if Jesus tarries, I have my doubts whether Jesus is going to tarry that long. Ten years from now, we have to be faithful. But can I tell you, the taller the building, the deeper the foundation. And if God is going to build something really big, and we can call it an end-time revival that I believe may supersede every revival we've ever experienced in effectiveness. And if he's going to build something really big, then could it not be that God orchestrated this storm to tear down some stuff? Pastor, that's blasphemous. I'm not... Listen... I, let, let, me, let me just make it scriptural for you. God will work all things out for the good. <laughs> that means tragedy. That means pandemics. That means whatever you're facing. God will work all things together for the good. I, I'm not even saying God is the orchestrator of all the tragedy that happens in your life. But I am telling you, just as Joseph declared to his brothers, what you meant for harm, God has used for my good. And God took a little slave boy thrown in a pit and used that slave boy to sustain Israel. Can I tell you, Israel would have been extinct but that Joseph was faithful and provided for the family in the middle of Egypt. The danger only came in is when Israel got too comfortable in Egypt. And then Egypt enslaved them. Don't take your moments of refuge. I don't want to get comfortable here. I don't, want, I don't want to learn to live in this environment. I want to learn to watch for where God is taking us. But I want to live in this environment so that I can be effective in the next environment. I don't know if that makes sense to anybody else. The journey is often more important than the destination. So this morning, 
And I, I didn't really follow. I have points written down. I've given our AV guys got points back there. And I think the Lord directed us when we came up and received a little oil in our hands. I've had a couple of opportunities this week to pray for people outside of the church. Try to speak words of life and hope. One lady came by and devastated with life, had lost her child because of her life choices, wasn't living at all right. And I encouraged her. I, I said, you may never get that child back, but you can still demonstrate because we want what's best for that child. You can still demonstrate that God is your source. And maybe the best thing you can do for that child is let them know that you got your life right and that you love them. She still had access to know where the child was. And she just began to break down and weep. She had a whole spiel when she first came up of what she needed and what she wanted. In fact, she, she said, I'm so nervous. She repeated it about two or three times. Sir, I need to know. Da, 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 da. And, and, and I said, you need some money? <laughs> Let's just cut to the chase here. <laughs> Silver and gold, have I none? I said, I'm going to buy you a lunch. I said, but I want to pray for you. And that's when we began to minister what was going on. Others, and I only share that story because others contacted me this week about how God had used them when they left the building. And listen, church, if, if church ends, begins and ends on Sunday, then we're not really being the church. Let that little symbol of anointing your hands remind you that you are. And I'm going to close. I'm going to pray. I'm going to close. I'm trying. But I remember when I first started pastoring this church and I was in a men's meeting. And I was crying out from the depths of my heart. I says, oh God, we want to see the hands. And I was doing like this. We want to see the hands of God move in our church. And the Holy Spirit prompted me. So then look at the ends of your arms. And I don't mean that in a vain way. We are all the hands of God extended. If you want to see the hand of God at move in your church, in your life, in your family, look at the ends of your arms. God is going to do a great work but he's going to do it through a faithful church. Don't be discouraged by what you see around you. Don't be discouraged. Please don't be discouraged. Discouragement is an enemy. Don't be discouraged. Be encouraged. You still have a destination. There may be a storm that's wrecking your ship. But Paul kept reminding himself, yeah, but I'm going to Rome. I'm going to Rome. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to get out of this storm, but evidently I'm going to get out of the storm because I'm, I've still got a destination. Can I tell you that you still have a destination this morning? Bow your heads with me. If you're here this morning, say, Pastor.
I've been just overwhelmed by the storm in my life. But the Holy Spirit this morning is reminding me I still have a destination. God has called me. I will live in this storm, but I will not make this my life. I will walk through this moment, but I will not let it define my destiny. But I need the Holy Spirit to lift my eyes. I need to lift my eyes above the storm. I need to be like Zacchaeus and climb the tree because if I'm down here with everybody else, I can't see Jesus. I need to climb above this circumstances. If you're here this morning and say, Pastor, pray for me that I can climb above my circumstance and see Jesus this morning. Would you slip your hand up? I want to pray for you. Oh, a little overwhelmed with the circumstances of life right now. Yes, yes, yes. Come on. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. Several. It's an overwhelming time. It's an overwhelming time. But God is so faithful. Father, right now, God, you've seen every hand. God, more importantly, you've seen every heart. God, you know what we're facing. You know what we're believing. God, you know what, where we're going. God, you know our destination. God, you know our plans. Lord, I believe, God, with all of my heart, God, that you have placed us on this journey. And God, that you weren't taken off guard and you're not overwhelmed. But God, sometimes we get overwhelmed. Help us, God. Focus us, God on the journey ahead. And may the God of grace and peace and power overshadow us. Would you stand with me across this room this morning? Hallelujah. Listen, you, you all have anointed hands. I, I want you, if you are comfortable doing it, I know the times in which we live, but I want you to reach over and lay your hands on your neighbor this morning. Let's go ahead and begin to practice. I want you to begin to pray over your neighbor this morning. Father, right now, God, as we lay hands on one another, Father, let the giftings of the Spirit of God be stirred in my brother, in my sister. God, I speak healing of every sickness right now in Jesus' name. I speak protection of every disease in Jesus' name. I speak wisdom. I speak faith and favor in Jesus' name. God, that you may go with us and keep us mightily. I speak over my brother, my sister. God, meet every need that they have according to your riches and glory. Bless their families.
bless their careers, everything they put their hands to. God, forever a viper that has attached itself this morning in Jesus' name, we shake it off in Jesus' name. We will not swell up and die. Oh, hallelujah. God, we are the healed of God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Now raise your hands toward heaven. Heavenly Father. <laughs> God, may your countenance shine upon us. God, may your presence go before us. God, may your favor overtake us. God, may we be effective in ministry and faithful in the call of God. Go with us, Lord. Keep us. Protect us. Bring us back rejoicing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you.